welcome to The Researched Piece, a podcast that starts with the question and uses a variety of sources and genres of those sources to attack and conclude different aspects of the question. Hi, I'm your host, Eden Lee, and today, on May 5th, we will be answering the first question of this brand new series. How would the world adapt and function if the production of pollution were to be limited? Now, a brief disclaimer before we get started. The following content is originally guided and managed by myself, but it should be noted that evidence, results, and suggested solutions are drawn from credible and already published studies. So you've probably noticed that the economy isn't as bright as it used to be, and you've definitely noticed that the pollution of the world has been a long time coming. I assume that we are all on the same page here, and on the note of here, I want to thank you for dropping in to listen in on the usual in-depth research drawn from peer-reviewed articles, credible websites, newspapers, interviews, and so on. So that's just a hint at the kind of evidence you can expect throughout our quest to answer the question, how would the world adapt and function if the production of pollution were to be limited? Now, if you're still here, it's probably because you're a smart cookie that cares about the major matters of the world. I'm here to convey information to the young adults of the future, specifically the ones who will, if worse comes to worst, need to initiate environmental and economical stewardship of the only world we've got. Again, thank you for being here, environmentalists and economists of the future, or just the adults who have to deal with this stuff too. Now let's talk about potential outcomes of limiting pollution and ultimately balancing the relationship between economy and environment. Because the increase in pollution, consumption, and production is driven by economic growth, the pollution of the world and the economy are closely related, as supported by Khan Academy's The Economics of Pollution article. To shed some light on that claim, It can be said that the economy doing well and being prosperous goes hand in hand with the high demand and continuous production of goods being sold. A good economy equals lots of production. However, high demand for production will always lead to an increase in pollution being produced as well. So if the economy grows, the environment dies, and if the environment grows, the economy dies. This is the case of today, and to put it plainly, There's just no winning. But maybe, just maybe, we can make both the economy and environment balanced by limiting the production of pollution. The aim of this research is to put forth suggested solutions drawn from several peer-reviewed journals about the principles of an economy thriving alongside nature, the drawbacks and downfalls of world functioning, and the adaption of citizen lifestyles. I speak here today to shed light on the matter of economic transitioning in hopes that I can urge you to further explore and spread awareness of the potential implications of a co-environment and economy world. Starting us off is the question of what principles would need to be integrated into the economy in order for it to function alongside nature. As supported by research, worldwide efforts are directed at the removal of pollution when really it is the continuous input of pollution into the world that should be the aim rather than the expensive extraction. Red Rocks Community College professor Barbara Sapani 
during an interview, touches on the question of economic principles by shedding light on the environmental values that developing companies need to take into consideration for production processes. With support from Daily Magazine, Sapani says that the first thing to start considering is the economic value of nature and healthy ecosystems when development and resource use decisions are being made. Sapani adds on the new businesses limiting the production of pollutants, such as plastic, by saying that by placing an emphasis on the value of the environment, it can be evaluated as part of the economic costs of a given product. If a business is looking at profits and losses, they need to consider the environmental losses that their product or processes incur. An article published by Science Direct, which is the scientific and medical academic journal, states that in order to put global efforts and expenses toward the reduction of pollution sources, economic principles must be designed or adapted to overcome financial, social, and political difficulties. The study continues to suggest a couple principles that can be implemented into the world of production. The first being polluters pay, which, as defined by OECD government records, is a concept in which those whose product has polluting potential manages the resulting costs of the product's damage to the environment. An example could be a soda can company funding community cleanups in order to clear out the soda cans that have been littered due to the production of those cans. The second being the extended producer responsibility as provided by sustainable community aspiring website ILSR is when the producer is responsible for the life cycle of their product. An example of this is zero waste, that being the objective to have a circular economy. Third is the shared environmental responsibility principle, which is when individual countries are responsible for emissions due to products they've produced. So we explored some suggested economic adjustments, but what if we applied those adjustments? This leads us to the question of what would be the negative economic drawbacks of limiting pollution. Joan Mark Simon, the executive director of Zero Waste Europe, participates in an interview about his company and its goal of advancing a zero waste future for Europe through projects and policies. Simon claims that if economics were to be within the boundaries of ecological systems, otherwise known as a circular economy, businesses that are dependent on and profit off of a linear economy would suffer. More specifically, he defines those businesses as those whose revenues depend on generating waste or those whose externalize the cost of their activities while reaping the benefits. Sapani touches on this question by bringing up the difficulty of switching economic principles due to the ever-heightened production of pollution, and more specifically, the dependence on plastic pollutants. She writes, There are so many uses of plastics throughout our economy, often ones that are hidden and potentially difficult to replace. I think the replacement of plastics in the economy would have to be rolled out over time with plenty of time for production and development of alternatives.
an article published by Natural and Social Science Journal called The Discrete Dynamics in Nature and Society attacks the aspect of feasibility when it comes to the policies involved in a circular economy. They state that studies offer useful suggestions to guide economic development and or pollution mitigation, but fail to draw policy implications based on descriptions of general relationship between economy and environment in terms of coupling degree and driving factor. In other words, policymaking would be difficult to integrate into and adapt to the world if the economy and environment were to be balanced. Following up on adaption is the matter of citizens' lifestyles. In the general case of pollution having consequences, the New York Times, a worldwide winning newspaper, draws from a study that pollution has a negative effect on people's, especially the youth's, health, which then carries over to lifestyle performance, like productivity in school and work. Though it is true that pollution, being the bad guy, has a range of downfalls, it is also true that switching the economy from one to another in order to prevent the consequences of pollution has potential repercussions to be considered as well. The Energy Journal, an energy and economics-related peer-reviewed academic journal, is centered around measuring the standards of quality of living and factors that fall into human capital skills, such as health conditions, education, and income factors. The study suggests that the deployment of renewable energy requires a higher level of human development and, in turn, renewable energy contributes sustainability for improving economic and conditions and the level of sustainable development. Knowing that the environment cannot prosper without the downfall of the economy, it just seems like there's no winning on this matter. My goal today was to put forth some suggested solutions offered by economical and environmental experts in their featured studies. Experts such as ScienceDirect propose that the source of pollution be reduced by implementing economic principles such as polluters pay, extended producer responsibility, and shared environmental responsibility. These researchers claim that it is doable, but others add on the negative impacts of these economical adjustments. The Zero Waste World interview notes that if today's economy were to no longer be a linear economy, most businesses dependent on linear are predicted to suffer. The Discrete Dynamics in Nature and Society published article claims that studies offer a useful guide for a new world, but fail to interpret policy implications that would be called for during the adaption and functioning of such an economy. Many studies do not measure influence on policy, and many also do not consider standard lifestyles. The Energy Journal provides this information by including human capital skill factors, such as health, education, and income into equations. They conclude that renewable energy cannot happen without human development being enhanced, which would result in improved economic conditions and sustainable development levels. Though it is true that there are potential repercussions to altering the economy that deem these suggestions as unfeasible, it's also true that it is unfeasible to let the only world we've got suffer. 
Experts have already put forth possible and flexible societal implications. All we have to do now is work those values and policies in. After getting familiar with the hopes and predictions of economical and environmental experts, I urge you to wander and to further research the potential policy implications, principles, drawbacks, and lifestyle-altering decisions of a new economy that functions alongside nature. I urge you to explore the potential of a new economy and spread awareness about that potential. And that there ends the discussion and answering of the question, how would the world adapt and function if the production of pollution were to be limited? Thank you to the futuristic thinkers for joining me today. If you gained some insight into today's topic, I encourage you to generously donate to keep the series going and to leave a review on any chosen platform under the podcast series, The Researched Piece. And just a friendly reminder that you can drop in again for free at any time.